0: Let's, uh, I want us to look into the Word of God today on a topic that I've entitled Speak the Words of God. Speak the Words of God. I had a back and forth in terms of the title of this message. At some point I thought, well, we, we can say um, today's topic is going to be Faith that Moves Mountains. And I scratched that. And I said, no, no, no. The topic is going to be how to wither a fig tree. And I scratched that too and kept going on and on. And then I arrived to this one. Speak the words of God. I remember that I was nine years old. We were living in Zomba then. And I was on dish, dish duty that day, that evening. I loved doing the dishes. <laughs> Strange, but I do. There's nothing like no pulling that dishwashing liquid and then just see all that stuff go away and you get a clean plate. I, I just love doing that. Well, most of the time. So I was on dish duty that day and somehow I managed to break six of my mother's best plates at one time. Don't ask me how. I was nine years old. But I managed to break all those plates. And people rushed from wherever they were, whether they were in the dining room or the living room, I don't know. But the kitchen was pretty crowded after that incident. And my mother said some words. She said, what did you do? Broke your plates? No, I didn't say that. But she said, what did you do? And she was frustrated because this was her best set of plates. And she said, you're going to return those plates. I'm translating. And uh,
1: anyway, things happened. And um, fast forward a year later.
0: I was with my father in a supermarket in Zomba, PDC it was used to be called then, people's. We, we know it as people's today. And my father was racking his brain trying to figure out what he was going to get mom for her birthday. And I said, I know what. Because for me in a one. So I say, we're going to get her this particular uh, dinner set. Because I still remembered I needed to give back those plates. And so my dad was like, yeah, this is it. So he bought it. Or rather, he bought it. <laughs> and we went home. And he he did his best. He hid those plates. And and then he presented those plates uh, sometime towards the evening before dinner. And she was like, oh, wow, thank you very much. And all those things. And there was a cake. and And, and somehow, don't ask me how, but she kind of figured... This wasn't my father's idea. And she did find out that I was the one who suggested it. And so she asked me, said, why did you buy me these plates? I said, um, I needed to give you back the plates that I bought a year ago.
1: I was relieved,
0: but I'm pretty sure I saw my mother cry because she realized that the words he had spoken in anger
1: that day are words that I had carried for a whole year. Words are powerful. Words are pregnant with potential. Words create. Words destroy.
0: Um... We made good with my mom. She, she was sorry for what she had done and all that. So we were good on that. I don't want you thinking that uh, I hated my mother because of the a plate incident. But what I want you to realize is that the words we speak do things. Everything is voice activated these days. It's a line from a movie that we enjoy in the home cars too but it is actually very true even medically speaking the moment you say I'm tired I want to sleep your body kicks in the mechanism that needs to kick in for you to sleep did you know that did you know that the moment you say I am going to enjoy myself at church you come here with a different attitude everything is voice activated the moment you say I don't like faith the way you relate with faith changes. Hello? Everything is voice activated. And we'll see from scripture that this is the way God designed it. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 21 is a very well-known piece of scripture. And I want us to read it. I don't want to quote it. I want us to read it. Because if there's one thing that I want us to get to do is to read these things together together just as we do on our own. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. The Bible says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. My question to you is, what fruit do you want to eat in your life every day? Do you want to eat death? Or do you want to eat life? Words. I know. And I think I'll speak on behalf of some husbands. And young men. And boys. Science tells us that in a particular day. A woman speaks maybe 10 times more words than a man does. A girl speaks 10 times more words than a boy does. And one of the worst things that could happen to you, if you could call it that, is to be the only boy among your sisters, like me. So I, I learned to just keep, keep quiet. Because once those women started talking, there was, there was no way... Verbal intelligence in young girls and women is higher than in boys and men. That's why men will just say, okay, how was work? It was okay. And she's looking for details. And he's not giving them. When an issue springs up in the home, she wants to talk. Because when they talk, that's their way of dealing with it. But he's saying, if we're going to talk, I want a solution. I'm not just going to talk for the sake of talking. And she says this way and that way. She says things and words. Le- let me talk to the sisters. Understand me. I'm not saying it's wrong. That's the way God created you. But the way a woman carries words, they have so much emotion. They are what we call in English emotive words. There's a lot of emotion with them. And that just keeps badgering on the brother and his thinking. Why are you torturing me? That's why you'll find that in an argument in the home, a man will just reach a point where he just says, picks up the carcass and goes away. Because he, he can't say what it is that is in his heart, he doesn't have that kind of verbal intelligence like you do. So be very careful with your words. All right? To your husbands, be very careful with the way you speak with your sons. The girls, the women, would rather talk. The men, we're not really there yet. I don't know why that is, but we have to find a way of making that communication talk. The point is, the words that we speak to one another matter. They determine a lot of things. Hello? Hello? They matter. Because life and death is in the power of the tongue. Think of a wife leaving the home, going to work, and the husband says, No matter how beautifully dressed she may be, you have already killed her before she left home. And her confidence is shattered. Man comes back home and he at least managed to get a loaf of bread that day. And you say, bread, Ibas? You've shattered him. You could have taken a decision and say, thank you for the bread. I know that because you're working hard, God will open doors. And there will be a day you'll be able to buy a trolley full of stuff in ShopRite like Pastor Sunga did the other day. And the guy is going to say, yeah, I think my wife right now needs that dress I saw on the other day. You will do wonders with him because life and death are in the power of the time. That's scripture. So brothers, sisters, let's be mindful of the way we speak to each other. First Peter chapter 4, verse 11. The first part of verse 11. I had always wondered why... Peter wrote this piece of scripture. Why is that important? He says, let's start with verse 10. This is that part where Peter is talking about gifts that God has given us. And he's saying that as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another. The gift that God has given you is not just for you alone. It is for your brother. It is for your sister. So that we build each other up. So as good stewards of the manifest grace of God. Manifold grace of God. Within your gift is the grace of God in there. That others need to benefit from. You understand? Whatever gift it is. Whether it is one that takes you up here in the pulpit. Or that one that takes you to work behind the scenes where people don't even see. Use that gift and bless somebody. Because through using that gift, the grace of God reaches through you, reaches to other people through you. Amen? Whatever it is, forget about being seen as having a gift of God. Wherever you are, there are people who come in this place way before anyone comes here and set up this place. You never even know who they are. You don't know them, but they do this every Sunday. You come to church and you're like, the, church, the, the chairs weren't even one meter apart. Your words will kill their motivation to continue to serve God. Be thankful. Amen? And say, whoever it is that comes, may God bless them. Because words are very, very powerful. Verse 11, if anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. Let him speak as if God himself were speaking to somebody else. And this is not talking about preachers. This is talking about the Christian, the one who knows Jesus Christ, the Savior and Lord. By the time you are done talking to somebody, they should be saying, I think God just spoke to me through sister so-and-so. That's what the scripture is saying. Amen? And then we'll go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Uh, Ephesians is a very, very practical book. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. The Bible says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. Let no what? Corrupt word. The words we speak can bring corruption in somebody else's life. So he continues, says, but what is good for and necessary for edification or for building up? That it may impart grace to the hearers. Does anyone have the easy-to-read version? It just renders this nicely. Easy-to-read version? I want someone to read for us.
1: No, I want the easy-to-read. When you talk, don't say anything bad. But say the good things that people need. Whatever will help them grow stronger. Then what you say will be a blessing to those who hear
0: it. Hear that? When we talk, don't say anything bad. But say the things that people need. So that you may be a blessing to them. How are you going to know what to say to people? The Lord will lead you. That's why it's very critical to to, to visit each other. get to know each other on a personal level. When we speak, we build each other up. By the time you leave, people should be... You know there are some people you are happy when they come but there are others you are happy when they go. Because of words. Don't be too... Because of words, the way they speak. There are some people who are so negative but by the time you leave, you say I need to listen to that worship song to be built up again. I've just been with so and so. That is why
1: there are some radio
0: programs I don't bother listening to. They drain you. There are some TV shows I don't bother. They drain you. By the time you are done, you are drained because there's so much negativity about that bomb that killed whoever and how the economy is doing that. by the by the time they are done with you in the 5 minutes of the news you are you, you <laughs> I don't know how to say it, but you you are totally drained of your strength you you begin to say is there anything good happening in this world the words that we speak are very critical so with those that background i want us to go into An incident that happened in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. And what is said about how we should use words. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21. And we'll start from verse 18. Matthew chapter 21 from verse 18. The Bible says. Now in the morning as he returned to the city. That's Jerusalem. Jerusalem. He had spent the night in Bethany. So he's returning to the city. He was hungry. Alright? Very normal thing. He was hungry. People get hungry. People get tired. People get sad. And so on and so forth. Jesus was hungry. And seeing a fig tree by the road, he came to it and found nothing on it but leaves. And he said to it, let no fruit grow on you ever again. Immediately, the fig tree that away. Now, a couple of things about this incident. There's nothing wrong with being hungry. And there's nothing wrong with going to a tree which is supposed to have a fruit, but it doesn't have a fruit. Um, I, I've always wondered, why did Jesus curse the fig tree? I mean, it was just there being a tree, wasn't it? Why? Why did he curse the fig tree? And a lot has been said about this fig tree. They say, a fig tree produces the figs first, and then the leaves cover the the fig later on. And they're both roughly the same color. And in Israel, a fig tree could produce fruit maybe 10 months out of the 12 in a year. So the expectation that Jesus had at this time was that by now, this fig tree should have figs. Actually, when when you go to the book of Mark, chapter 11, the same incident, Jesus... The, the the Bible actually preferences, preferences Jesus' um, uh, statement by, and he answered it, or in response. I don't know what kind of conversation you have with a tree, but Jesus responded to this tree. And he says, may no one ever eat from you again. Maybe because it was supposed to have fruit, but it didn't have fruit. I don't know, but he cursed it. The other reason could be, he just wanted to illustrate what he was going to teach the disciples from that point on. And he used a tree. Reminds me of uh, prophet Jonah. He came out of his amazing boat ride in that well. And he was bold. And God used that little shrub to give him shade and so on. Did God just use that as an illustration? Maybe. I don't know. Either, either way, the fig tree was First. And so, when you, again, when you compare this account in Matthew with the one in Mark, the Bible here says that immediately, immediately, after Jesus cursed it, it dried up. It withered. Immediately. When you go to the book of Mark, when Jesus spoke the words, nothing on the tree changed. The following morning, when they are going back into Jerusalem, they found the tree withered. So which is the truth? The answer is both. Because when you go to the book of Genesis, when when God said, the day you eat of this fruit, you will surely die. That same day you eat of the fruit, you will die. And when they ate the fruit, both of them realized that they were naked. That was the death. Immediate separation from God happened right there. It was just in the spirit. But the actual death took, like physical death, took years. When you look at how long Adam and Eve lived, they lived for hundreds of years. So either way, whether you look at it spiritually or physically, the death actually happened. So when Jesus said, may no one ever eat fruit from you again, in, in other words, die, and the tree Died. It's just that the process took time for it to happen. Let me bring you back to the plate incident. Only
1: Wenzilan by his It took a year.
0: It was still playing in there. Do you see how powerful words
1: can be? They're very powerful. My wife once told me she wants a particular ring. She's described it. Very early in our marriage, she still doesn't have it. But
0: those words are playing in there. And there will come a time. There will be a day. (laughs) A normal day. (laughs) She will have that ring. I want her to have that ring. But it was voice activated.
1: It was voice activated.
0: Words. Someone kept saying, I want you to know God for yourself. For years, and then I caught it, and I realized, ah, so this is why it took years. It was voice activated. The words we speak. There's a young man somewhere. His father abandoned him when he was young. His mom has been doing many jobs here and there. This young man has got a dream. And his dream is, I want to become the Inspector General of the Moral Police Service. That's his dream. You know what he does in his holidays, during the holidays? He works. He's doing things. He works and so on and so forth. Yesterday I was talking with him. He's going to school today. So he works for his fees. Then he goes to school. And then he's all into physical fitness and so on. Because he says, you know, you'll never see me with a big body. He, he, he works out. And his mother is like, ah, this boy, I don't know what he thinks when he's doing this thing. I said, no, 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 no. He's told me. He's got a vision to be a policeman who will be able to chase you because he's fit. And I keep telling him, you you told me your vision. You will be the IG one day. He's got a vision so powerful that everything about his life is going that way. Two years ago, I told him, I'll not talk to you in Jijewa anymore. Because if you're going to be an IG, you you better learn how to express yourself in English. You go places, voice activation. He used, when I would tell him, oh, so how are you, Mr. I.G.? He used to go, I am Samaje." But I said, no, no, you told me you want to be the I.G. Now I tell him, how are you, sir? He said, I'm fine. Because I believe that the more I feed into his vision, the more he begins to believe in himself, and the more he begins to apply himself towards that vision. And one day we'll say, he used to say, He wanted to be the IG. Bless somebody with the way you speak. Amen? Bless somebody. So, Jesus curses the fig tree and it actually withers. It dies and then the process takes uh, some time but it happens. And When the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How did the fig tree wither away so soon? Let me paraphrase that. Lord, how did you do it? They wanted to know how. Because it was strange to them for somebody to just say something, and 24 hours later, the thing that he had said begins to take effect. And Jesus does not say, ah, no, 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 this is not for you kids. Or I will tell you when you reach your fourth year in this class. He unravels how it is that he withered that victory with just words. Verse 21. So Jesus answered and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, Because it's possible to have faith and then doubt. Ask Abraham and how Isaac came about. Did he have faith in God? Yes. But came a time when doubt came in and said, "Um, maybe he meant. We all have what someone called crisis of faith. God tells you something. You are very sure this is God who has told me. But there are times life happens and you begin to doubt whether God really said what he said to you. Because life is hitting you from different angles and things are happening that you never expected. But God said. In the book of Mark chapter 11 verse 22, it actually says, have faith in God. Other translations say, have the faith of God. Have faith in God because faith has got to have an anchor. Faith has got to have an object. It must flow from somewhere. So Jesus says, if you want to be able to do what I've just done, have faith in God. Have faith in God. There's a lot of motivational talk these days that we share, especially in all sorts of um, social media platforms. What you hear is have faith and it stops there. Have faith and it stops there. They do not say have faith in God because that would be politically incorrect. But just to say have faith is is blank. You could have faith in the wrong thing. That will not meet your expectations. Jesus zeroes in on where your faith should come from. Where your faith should be. He says have faith in God. Now what is faith? Faith, according to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, the Bible says that faith is, sorry, verse, verse 1, we'll come to verse 6 later. Verse 1 says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And when you come to verse 6, it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who, comes, he who comes to God must believe that God is, not God was or God will be, but God is. Remember, this is the I am now. I am present now. So when you come to God, you must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him.
1: Brothers and sisters, when you seek God, you will find
0: him. God will manifest himself in your life. God is not just for the chosen few, but you've got to diligently seek him. It is a journey where you make sacrifices. I was chatting with uh, a dear brother yesterday. And I was saying, you know, there are times we've got a TV in the home. There's a bouquet that we pay for. But there are times I don't want to be there. I
1: want to read the word of God.
0: Because when I compare the value I get out of the TV and the word of God, I've reached a point where the word of God is far more valuable to me than some of the stuff I get from the TV. Sometimes even on the so-called Christian channels, I, I have my questions. It's a sacrifice not to be able to watch the live game. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a sacrifice for me not to know what that family does. Remember? When you, the ones you keep up with.
1: Because I realized
0: value. Value. There are programs that I watch which I find of value. There are others that are just pure entertainment. What am I saying? Pour yourself into seeking God and you'll find him. And as the songwriter said, and the things of this world begin to grow strangely dimly. Not because they are not important, but it's just a question of values. You find this one far more important, far more valuable than the others.
1: Hallelujah. Faith must have an anchor, must have a source. Faith. not faith in yourself. I tell you, there are times I don't even trust myself. I'd rather trust God. Change. We all do. So Jesus tells them, number one, I say to you, you must have faith and not doubt.
0: When you have faith and you don't doubt, he says, you will not only do what has been done to the fig tree. You will not have, you not, you have faith that will have results not only in the small things, but he says, but also if I, if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, it will be done. Now, in terms of proportions, a tree is a far much easier thing to move than a mountain. But Jesus says, if you have faith in God. You can speak to this mountain and say, go and throw yourself into the sea. And it will happen. Maybe it was figurative what Jesus was saying. But looking at what has just happened to the tree, maybe it's not figurative at all. Because the words that Jesus speak, remember he is God. He's the same God who would tell the Jordan to stop for his children to pass through. He's the same God who parted the Red Sea for his children to pass through. There are arguments whether the Red Sea actually did part or not. It, it doesn't matter. No, no, no. They didn't pass there. Well, we've got to explain how the Egyptian army drowned in the same place. God can do wonders. It is not in. It's not the issue about of your faith. It is about where you place your faith. So start small, and God will grow you from there. That's a principle of the kingdom of God. You always begin small, and he takes you up. Amen? Amen. No, you know, I don't have faith enough to pray for somebody to be healed of, of uh, let's say malaria. Well, start play, praying for someone who has a flu. Amen. Oh, no, no, I'm not good at public speaking. Well, before you go to the public, we've got a tent we call the king's kids. Go and teach them. And kids, you know, they believe you you know it. eh? Yeah. And the kids of this day, they have got questions. But if you show them that you are willing to learn more to pass on to them, before long, you'll be speaking to multitudes. You look at me today standing and speaking like this on public and so on. Uh, one time I was, I, I, I was interviewed on TV regarding Christmas, I remember, and people say, hey, you're a good public speaker. If you knew where it began. If you only knew. Because me, naturally, I want to keep to myself and speak to people I'm comfortable with. Very introvert, me, introverted. But it took somebody, when we were in the first year of college, inviting us for tea. And there was tea the following week. And there was tea the following week. And the week after that. And then we were doing Bible study. And then he said, please lead Bible study for next week. Or lead Bible study for next week. Oh, I know you play guitar. Can you bless us with a song? Um, in the next Bible standard. And before, you know, they were challenging me to play music, uh, my songs in, in, in school meetings and so on and so forth. And before, you know, they said you are going to be the MC at the church service on campus. And I said, me? I said, yes, you are going to be one. Because we have seen you before. Do you see that progression? And make matters worse for an introvert like me I was doing education, which meant I needed to stand up in class one day and teach students. But God has been taking me from one level to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. That's how it works. So start small. If you can't wither a fig tree, find a tomato tree with no tomatoes on it and wither it. Amen? If you really need to eat a tomato tree. But I'm speaking figuratively here. I am saying, start small. If you say, I've always wanted to be a preacher, but for me to stand at a market, me, that is terrifying. Well, forget the market for now. When you go to work, there are people who listen to you because of your seniority. Start with the guard. They will talk with you. Talk to the gardener. They will speak with you. They will be happy, by the way, that you are speaking to them. Because you will have an opportunity to share Christ with them. You understand? Because if you just want to go there and speak to the CEO, the number of gatekeepers you have to go through, hey, may, have, may the Lord have mercy on you. Do you have an appointment with what is this about? This week he's already booked. And so, it, so it can be very intimidating, way out there. By the time you meet the CEO, you're saying, oh, this trouble, and this guy is so welcoming, what's going on? Start somewhere. Amen? So Jesus says, when you have faith and you do not doubt, you'll be able to do, when you have faith in God, you'll be able to do not only what was done to the fig tree. Apparently, in Jesus' ranking system, Withering a fig tree is a smaller one than moving a mountain. Something to think about. But in verse 22, he says, And whatever things you ask in prayer, element number two. Number one, faith in God. Number two, prayer. And when you look at the life of the Lord Jesus Christ, he always began his days early with prayer way before the sun came up, someone said, this is this is that, that group of people, they wake up before the sun is up and they pray to the Lord. And they command the day. By the time everything begins happening around them, they have already started with God. They are already empowered. And so Jesus comes down from the mountain that, and he, he selects his disciples. And it wasn't just a Selecting this way and that. He had to spend the whole night on the mountain. We see Jesus Christ waking up early before dawn to go and pray. And when he comes back there, it's a full day of healings and all sorts of miracles. He was someone who was constantly in touch with God. And the Apostle Paul saw that, that he actually wrote in First Thessalonians, we should pray at all times. In all manner of prayer, as he says it in Ephesians chapter 6 pray what happens when you pray is that you go before god and you present your requests you give him thanksgiving everything you commune with god and we saw the other day in revelation chapter 4 and 8 that there's an altar in heaven where the prayers of the saints go up And when the prayers of the saints go up, there's an angel who takes those prayers, mixes them with incense, which means to me that God is pleased with our prayer. Otherwise, why would he want them to rise up as a sweet-smelling aroma? Why are you not praying? He's expecting it. He wants you to talk with him. And we also saw in that chapter, in Revelation chapter 8, that when the prayers come to God and he gives answers, the same angel takes those prayers and he throws them back to earth. Result, thunder, lightning, and there are answers coming our way. I'm convinced that God answers prayer no matter what. The determining factor is whether you've prayed or not. Look, if you're not making deposits up there, why should you expect withdrawals? Sometimes, life, life, can be, life can be rude, right? There was a time when, uh, I can't remember where we were coming from, but we needed something. And I was discussing with my wife, I said, you know, we need to buy this and so on. And one of the kids heard it. They were much younger then. They said, oh, God, just go to that thing and, and get money. They were referring to the ATM. You see, what they knew then was just the one side where you get the money. They didn't know that the other side is you have to put in the money. And those are the times you say, you
1: know where I am.
0: Hard times. But the songwriter says, what a privilege it is to carry everything to the Lord in prayer. Those words come from somebody who knows that God answers prayer. It may take a day for that tree to wither. It may take 15 years for your son to finally come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, like a friend of mine. When he accepted Jesus Christ at the age of 17, and he told his mother, his mother said, I praise God. Because the day
1: I knew that I had conceived you, I started praying for your salvation.
0: And the boy was born and it took 17 years for that prayer to be answered. And that was the blessing that he needed
1: to keep walking with the Lord. Just to know that my mother was praying for
0: me even before I was born. There are some prayers whose answers we may never see. But they will be
1: answered. Prayer.
0: So, number one, have faith in God and do not doubt. Number two, pray. Ask God for things in prayer. And when you ask God for things in prayer, I need to put a a caution here. Let us go to the first book of John, chapter 3. The first book of John.
1: Chapter three. In verse
0: 22. Let's, let's start from verse 21. The Bible says, Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight amen when we are praying it's not you just going to an atm and wanting to withdraw anyhow first all, foremost you've got to have the right card you've got to have the right card there was a time i was so absent-minded i went to a national bank atm and i was slotting in a standard bank atm how many of you know i wasn't successful You cannot pray to the Lord when your relationship with him is not right. We need to sort that one out first. Amen? We just have to. You cannot expect God to be answering your prayer when you're not in the right standing with him, when you're not connecting with him. You're presenting the wrong card. It just doesn't happen. And then he says... Whatever we ask, we receive. We've got to have expectation in prayer. Because we keep his commandments. God is not going to answer just about every other prayer you're going to pray. Aren't you glad God doesn't answer all the prayers you pray? I told you the story of a young lady, uh, not a young lady, a a lady in 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 a ministry who was praying to God, that uh, God should, should basically kill the leader of the ministry's wife for, he, for her to be his next wife.
1: Oh, good luck with that.
0: But that is an example of somebody who does not clearly know the word of God. You can't be praying that Dr. Meda should die so for you to be married to Pastor McDuff. It will not happen. That's not God's will. But sometimes we listen to wrong teaching and we get so messed up, we begin to ask God for things we shouldn't be asking him for. I have confidence that when I get up and I'm praying to God for provision for my family, I am in the will of God. And he will answer that, qu- that prayer. Because I've read the responsibilities of a father, of a husband in this word. And I know what I can pray for and what God will answer. Amen. When we come together to pray, like on a Saturday morning, basically the pattern is this. We look at scripture and we pray that scripture. The one leading will have done their search and heard from the Lord and say, this is the direction we need to pray for. Whether we are praying for the country, we need to look at scripture and pray what the word of God says we should pray for when it comes to the scripture. We will pray for this presidency just like we did for the one that has just left. Because scripture is clear about how we should pray for those who are in authority and leadership. Amen? Whether you like their party or not. There are guidelines God has given us so that we don't pray amiss. Amen? Life can be so hard. To a point that a wife begins to pray that the husband should die for them to be free. Well, don't you remember that the deal was until death do us part but the responsibility of the death part was not less for you people.
1: That's in God's sovereignty. Amen? Yeah. I will stop there.
0: But things happen. That makes people pray strange prayers. But he says, I want you to have faith in God and not doubt. Why not doubt? Because you know the God you're praying to. He is faithful. He will fulfill his word. His word is like the rain. It never goes back to him empty without generating something. So don't have doubt. As As long as you are confident that God spoke to you. And it's in line with the word of God. it It will happen. Amen? I have read that God is is seeking a godly generation. That's why we pray for our children every day. And we pray for the people they are going to marry. We're not not raising children for hell. We're raising children for the kingdom of God. Two of the things that God seeks, the Bible tells us, he seeks Those who worship him in spirit and truth. And then he's also speaking, seeking a godly generation. So we pray. And we train them in the ways of God. And they have no choice. We we will train them in the ways of God. And God will honor that. Whether we'll see it or not, that's another story. But God will honor it. Hallelujah. Now. Verse 22. And whatever things you ask in prayer. Believing. You will receive. And the thinking is that you are asking of God. Things that God has spoken to you in his word. You believe that. You get it. I am amazed with the kind of things children ask their parents for. As far as the children are concerned, their parents can manage anything. When they are younger, they will ask you of the things that you, you say't. Well, yeah. I've told you of the story of how one of our sons um, would asked me for a plane. He was, was two or three.
1: I want you to put a plane there in the sky for me to see and enjoy. I still remember that morning.
0: (laughs) But as they grow, they begin to realize "Uh, these are just parents. These ones are not God. So the things they ask of you, they will have carefully calculated to see whether daddy can manage this one or not. They know. It's the same thing God is expecting of us. There are things God has put in his word for us to come and seek him for. And he is going to fulfill them. There are things that we shouldn't even bother. Okay? Don't bother praying for the demons to be born again. It's not going to happen. I want you to begin to pray for your children and your children's children. You can pray for your future. That God is going to bless it. That your future is going to be good. Because Jeremiah 29 verse 11. I know the plans that I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. You can pray. Because it's in accordance with his word. You can pray for God to reach more people. Through us. Because the last time I checked in the book of Timothy. God wants all men to be saved. Amen. Amen. So you can think of the most wicked person on the planet. God wants that one to be saved too. You can pray. And you will not have wasted that prayer. I am just saying we need to reach a point where we believe God. Full stop. Not believe God because or believe God if. Just believe God. And so Jesus Christ says, you need to have faith in God and not doubt. He says, you need to pray. Commit yourself to a life of prayer. And have belief. Don't doubt. You will receive. It's a promise. You will receive. He doesn't say when, but you will receive. It may be immediate. It may be the next morning when the fig tree withers. But you will receive. There are things that happen in our lives that shouldn't be happening. You have the capability of dealing with those things. Isn't it interesting that the things that you ask for in prayer and believing, you don't have to even pray after you're done with your prayer? The next step becomes you need to say them. Did you see that? In verse 21. He says, Assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say, if you say it, voice activation, if you say it. Amen? Voice activation.
1: So I don't know where this one falls in the will of God,
0: but I have a desire. There is a car I on one day and I have told you about it and it will happen.
1: If I die quicker than I have it, at least you say the guy had faith. But we
0: need to begin to say the things that we ask for God in, in, in private in our prayer closet. We need to begin to say them. We need to begin to say them. Because don't you know, you believe your voice more than you believe any other voice. That's how people can talk themselves out of great ideas. Because they believe themselves more than what they are supposed to pursue. Begin to say it.
1: This is the teaching that Jesus gave his
0: disciples. And I'm saying God wants us to speak his words. Because in speaking the words of God, in John chapter 6, verse 63, it's a verse that I've come to love. Because I guess the time I learned about this and how God began to work in my life, um, it was just so vivid. It was just so, something that I cannot ignore. So let's go to John chapter 6, verse 63. At this feast, Jesus raised a lot of havoc. He crushed a lot of status quo. He says, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. Do you see why now Jesus wants us to speak the words of God? Why he wants us to speak his words? Because his words are life. You are going to leave a place and people will say, when is he going to come back? I need to call her and ask her some more questions. Because the words you are speaking are life. You may not say scripture, but the words that you speak to people should be words that say, can you tell me where I can find brothers also? There's something I need to talk to him about. Because you've chosen to speak the words of God. You've chosen to speak the words of Jesus. But those kind of things just don't happen. We have to commit ourselves to having faith in God, which means we have to dig deep into the word of God and get to know the word of God. Because faith comes by hearing and only hearing the word of God. Not motivational talks, but the word of God. If you've got motivational speakers who speak the word of God, great. Listen to them. But faith comes from hearing the word of God. I told you how I had been listening to this song over and over and over again by, by, by uh, Namadingo Onan. He talks about how Jesus was walking on the water and everybody thought this is a ghost. And he talks about how Peter, out of all the 12, Peter said, if it is you, bid me to come there. And Jesus said, come. And Peter walked on the water. He started to drown, but then, you know, he had his weaknesses, but Jesus pulled him out and they walked back to the water. In the meantime, all the critics are in the safety of the boat.
1: But they never walked in the water. On the water. Typical of critics. Did you hear that sermon? No outline whatsoever. Well, I'm walking on water.
0: Did you see the house they are building? It's got a mistake and so on. In the meantime, you're still renting. They are walking on the water. So if you see on my status these days, the words chaffa, chaffa, it's from that song. Because I'm convinced chaffa, chaffa must happen. I must walk on the water. It's a walk of faith. The chaffa, chaffa must happen in my life. And it's beginning to happen. Because I saw some things in the scripture. Here's the thing. It's not just for me. It's for everybody who dare to seek God. Listen, this is the same God that Daniel sought and found. This is the same God that Joseph sought and found. This is the same God that all the greats of God sought and found. He's the same God you can seek, you find him, you walk with him, and you do great exploits so that when we get to glory, Daniel says, we shall shine like stars. He's the same God. Let me give you one final
1: example. About how you can wither a thick tree. By speaking the words of God, we used to live in an area here in York. Area fifteen, and uh, there used to be these relationships that would happen. I would say, Lord, these ones we don't like. And when we had learned of this, we went to God in prayer and said, God we really don't like this. We think there's strange things happening. So please, if you just leave at these relationships? We do not want them anymore. We didn't want to talk to the person because it was going to be very awkward. Uh, and we didn't ask them to stop coming home. But about two, two weeks or so later on, the relation of that person Just send them home. So you're going home. And and that's how they live. Child by child.
0: Speak it in prayer. There are some things you can't say, but you can talk to God about. And, And God will be faithful and he will do it. Amen?
1: So have faith in God. And don't doubt prayer life, where you not only speak to God, but you allow God to speak to you. He will give you direction. God will open
0: up relationships that you need at the right time. God will open up opportunities that you you probably didn't see, but they were there all along at the right time. But you've got to commit to a life of prayer. And having faith in God means you've got to commit to taking in the word of God. Amen. And you've got to believe that what God has promised happen is going to actually happen. You must have expectation. My expectation of you is that you continue to grow in your walk with God. Things must be better in your life. If you could pray three minutes last year and you are able to pray four minutes, I will celebrate with you. If you could pray ten minutes last year, and this year you you are able to pray on your own, twenty minutes, I will celebrate with you. If you were able to, to pray and fast for a day last year, and this year you are able to pray and fast on your own, for three days, I will celebrate with you. That's the expectation I have. That you'll be able to understand scripture more. You'll be able to pray more. You'll be able to to believe God without doubting him some more. So that you reach a point where you speak words and people will say, but you remember that one. He said this, 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 and we were blessed. And I'll say, aha, done. On to the next one. Hallelujah. Let's speak the words of God with each other. Let's speak the words of God to each other. Let us speak hope.
1: Let's speak encouragement.
0: Let's speak the truth to one another in love. We need that. I would rather have painful words spoken to me from a friend than to have an enemy kiss me. Just flatter me for nothing. We will speak with each other tough words. But as long as they are from the lord it's okay it is okay amen it
1: is okay two days ago i was thinking of a particular
0: route to take and i hadn't discussed it with my wife but we got talking about it two days ago and i actually already had started so, being the person she is, she analyzed it and analyzed it and analyzed it and analyzed it some more. And then she gave me her feedback. She said, I don't think you should go that route. Now, well, all the men know that when your wife begins to speak like that over something that you thought was the best way, instinctively
1: you become defensive.
0: All the men in the house say, eh? amen. But we have an agreement that I, be, I had to believe that what she was saying was for our good. I had to assume that she means the best for me. So I listened. And she gave her reasons. Do you see that? Because if you do this, there will be a duplication there. There will be an overcommitment there and so on and so forth. And then I saw it. Right there and then I pick up the phone and I say, please cancel that thing. That's
1: what I made. Please cancel it. But if you see, if I wasn't going to listen to the tough words that she spoke to me two, years, two days ago, I would have been in trouble.
0: And it would have been harder to
1: come out of there than not going there at all. We'll speak words that are tough with each other. But
0: we've got to believe she means well. We've got to believe he means well. Amen? Our ego may be bruised, but it's okay. Egos can can heal too. But we'll be safe. Because somebody who cares, cared to speak to you the truth, even though it hurt. Amen? And we just have to trust that the anointing of the Holy Spirit
1: will heal those wounds and remove them. Speak the words of God. Speak the words of God. Speak the words of God. Amen. I'll read it again.
0: Assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not do only what you will not only do what has been done to the fig tree, but also, if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, it will be done. And whatever things you ask for in prayer, believing,
1: you will receive.
0: Those are the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. My prayer is that let them sink in this entire week. Get the message later on. Listen to it again. Search the scripture. Put it into practice. And you will see. You will will verify whether this indeed is God's will or not.
1: Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word today.
0: That you want us to speak your words. That flow from prayer that flow from the place of knowledge of your word. Words that flow out of faith.
1: Help us, O God, to be
0: that kind of people. That when we speak our words, it will be as though it is God who is speaking through us. In whatever we do, our relationships in our families, at work, In the businesses that we do, help us to speak your words. For I know, O God, that there's your word for every and any kind of situation that we come across. I pray, God, this morning for each and everybody in this room. Our hearts, you know where they are. Some are hurting. Some are struggling. Some are out of strength. And they need strengthening by your Holy Spirit. I pray, O God, that you do that work. In Jesus' mighty name. Some are apprehensive of the future. I pray, O oh God, that you continue to help us to look to you. For when we look to you, when we fix our eyes on you, we shall have shalom. That is what your word promises. In the name of Jesus Christ,
1: I pray. And all God's people say, amen. amen.
0: Um, we are going into uh, giving now.
1: Are, those, are there those who have brought their tithes today? Tithes. Okay. Right. We are going to give. And I will pray before we do give. And the worship team will come uh, while we give. But remember, we do not give because we have a lot. We give because we are givers.
0: Amen. We give because we are givers and the word of God promises us things. When we, we give our tithes, we give our offerings. So I want, I want us to pray um, for that. Father, thank you because of the promise of your word. That when we tithe and give into your storehouse, you are the one who opens up windows of blessing. Windows that will pour out so much blessing that will not be able to contain it because lord you want us to overflow and bless others i pray O oh god that whatever attacks the enemy might have set unleashed upon our lives god that you rebuke them in the mighty name of jesus christ as we give our offerings O of god into your kingdom my prayer O oh god that we shall be given back through people a good measure pressed down shaken together and running over lord we understand that the more we give the more you enable us to be a people of a blessing to those around us and so i want to thank you O lord for your people this morning who have taken a step and obeyed your word to give i also know lord there are others who have been struggling maybe financially i pray O god that you open our eyes to be able to see other areas where we can give. Maybe it is our time. Maybe it is the skill that you've blessed us with. And I pray in Jesus' mighty name that the same blessing will continue to flow in their lives. In Jesus' name, I pray. And all God's people say, amen. Let's
1: let's give to the Lord. As the worship team uh, ministers to us. We'll stand.